You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday morning via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, pretty good weekend for the Islanders. Big win over Detroit. Sad shootout loss to Minnesota we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and uh, things are starting to kind of, you know, even out a little bit in terms of uh, games played for everybody. And the Islanders are still hanging on to that playoff spot. So uh, can't complain too much right now. No, this is... Uh... This is why you're a fan to, to to be in these kind of thick thick of these playoff races and yes. uh the Islanders have completely changed, I feel like. You know how you there's certain places where like you walk in and you can just feel them right away, whether it's like a smell or like just the way the right. air feels. I think Nassau Coliseum was definitely sure. one of those. Like you walked into the concourse and it had a, a certainly a specific um you know, stench is not a kind word. But <laughs> an I odor. Mean it. Yeah, yeah, an odor. And and it was Nassau Coliseum, the bar every, I used to uh, work at. <laughs> every uh, elementary school and high school gym has that same odor. Yep. And when I went to watch my daughter perform at a band thing in her high school gym, I said to my wife, why do all these school gyms smell this exact same way? <laughs> Our life. Uh, yeah, it's just the, uh, you know, generations of, of sweat dripping onto the floor. And um yeah, I think I think like the bar I used to work at had 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 that specific, you know, you, you knew you were at, at right. Buckley's and Valley Stream when you walked in the door if your <laughs> eyes were closed. Some, someone kidnapped you, blindfolded you, and threw you in there. You would know where you were. Uh, I think Subway restaurants. <laughs> but uh, and the reason I bring it up is like the Islanders kind of 
feel like that right now. Just the team. Like you can you you can't I can't really put my finger on it, but there's something familiar and comforting mm. about the way they've been playing lately. Um yeah. even that Detroit game. Yeah. Watching Josh Bailey make a sick move on shorthanded, draw everybody out of position. The goalie's somewhere between uh you know somewhere in franklin square by the time he shoots the puck and he's got an, a wide open net and not only does he miss it but he springs the red wings the other way for them to score with a minute <laughs> left in the, in the second period in a game the islanders dominated i was like you know what right so that's the islanders right like yeah. josh bailey doing everything right and it's still somehow ending up in the back of his own net uh <laughs> well we talked about that for a couple of games you're right about the detroit game but we talked about this for the winnipeg the game in winnipeg where they won four nothing the game they beat the Jets at, at UBS mm-hmm. Arena. Uh, these are trotzing in games for the Islanders. Like they look like themselves. Even the game against Minnesota, which they lost, which again yeah. we'll talk about in a second. Like they looked like the Islanders of old in the in that for parts of that game, which was nice to see. It's very familiar. And, and this time, it's I think what's so encouraging about it is that there have been moments like this throughout the season, and now we're we're talking about an extended moment, right? The Islanders. I think you can kind of go back to that Red Wings game, uh, the shutout. The shutout, yeah, on, yeah. on late January, because uh, then they did the same thing to the Knights, and then the Flyers game right after the All Star break. It was like, all right, manage the manage the situation. You don't need to. We don't need to play the the Flyers off the ice. Like, just get the two <laughs> points, and let's get to the Kraken. And then we did it against the Kraken, and then that ridiculous three game losing streak comes via Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa. They do get two points, and I think that this that Senators game kind of. Mm. Fits this mold that we're talking about a little bit. The other two, you know, it's just less said about those are the better. Um, there have been um, all these kind of results. The Islanders are nine three and three in their last fifteen. Mm. Like that, that kind of feels like, like you were saying, Trotzian or just like the comforting. I feel very encouraged by like this kind of stretch. It's not just mm. a, a two game winning streak. It's not that they just beat the Kraken. And now they got to play. They're hosting Vancouver, uh, and they got to show it. Show it again. Like they're they're kind of proving that they're, you know, there's there's something going on. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and the Detroit game, the four one win on Saturday afternoon, a lovely matinee day over at UBS Arena, was uh, very indicative of that. They controlled the game for the most part. And uh, hey, credit to Magnus Helberg, the goalie for the uh, Red Wings, because. That looked like a game we had seen like 50 times before. And like you alluded to this, like they were dominating that game. They were, they had all the shots at one point. Weren't shots like 24 to seven or nine or something like that at one point halfway through the game. And then, yeah, shorthanded breakaway. Josh Bailey misses the net by a country (laughs) mile. And oh, well, by the way, there's Dylan Larkin on the other end scoring. And you just thought, don't, are you really going to lose this game to these guys? Seriously. I thought Um, they were. Yeah, oh, so did I. I. I was gonna say, like, I, I don't even need to ask you what you were thinking during that moment because I know you were what you were thinking because I was thinking the same thing. You're really gonna lose these assholes in this game that you've been dominating this whole time. But uh, third period comes out and they just took it to them. They were just like, we're not gonna lose this game. And Zach Parisi, as he is wont to do, got things started. His 16th of the season. Um, my wife and daughter were getting ready to head out just as Parisi scored, and I was like. I would take a bullet for this man. Like I was like, this, you guys, <laughs> just, my, just un, unprovoked. That's what yeah. you just said that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you guys, my priority list is like, you guys at the top. And then Zach Parisi right, right below. <laughs> it. And I told him the whole story about 
He should have been drafted 20 years ago. And they were like, wait, he was drafted yeah, 20 you, years ago? I'm like, yeah, he's old. Told us this. You tell us this 16 times this season. Every time he scores a goal, you wake us up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, this guy, you don't understand. I said, it's hard to put into words. This guy should have always been doing this. He should have been in his 20th year of doing this. Yeah. But he's here now. Thank God. Uh, and thank God he wasn't traded. We're, we're going to talk all about the trade deadline, by the way, in the second half. But uh, that just, you know, the, the power of Zach got everybody started. And after that, it was Anders Lee tipping a Hudson fashing shot. Uh, then it was Palmieri tipping a Dobson shot. Thought it was Dobson at first. Turned out to be Palmieri. Got just the slightest bit of stick on it. Uh, and then Lee again with a wrister. You don't see those too many goals like that from Anders Lee. He just no. walked in and just launched it past Helberg. And that was it. Uh, by that point, the party had started. The kids were all having a good time at, at UBS. And Elias Sorokin was very good. Don't get me wrong. He made 22 oh, yeah. saves. Um, but, you know, he wasn't called on to do a ton. He had to make a couple of really tough ones at some at certain points in the third. But uh, Helberg was really good. He made 32 saves. But the Islanders, you know, they couldn't lose that game. And credit to them, they didn't. <laughs> they took it. And they're like, no, we're taking this. And they just made it happen. So good on them. And, you know, uh, this is the kind of mm-hmm. time. This is the time when you need those games. And the Islanders got one, basically. It was uh yeah that 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 Larkin goal. So uh, Emily and I were going to see Jerry Seinfeld last night at the Beacon Theater, and when Larkin scored, like the first thing I thought about was like, oh God, I feel terrible for her because if the Red Wings win this game, like I'm just gonna sit in the crowd and right be surly. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like everyone's cracking up with these jokes, and why aren't you happy? Well, Dylan Larkin's. Right, score. Josh thinking, Bailey should have scored that goal, and now the why Islanders did Adam are... Pellick leave Larkin by himself in front of the yeah. net? Why did you do that? <laughs> um, so then you know, Zach, yeah, Zach Parisi saved saved mm. um, a night out in the city for me. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and one thing I love about Anders Lee is he, he'll score like two of those a year, where he'll like come down <laughs> on a rush and like either like take a slapper, and you're like, Jesus Christ, where did that come from? Right. One of the things I love about him is he's maybe the best um stopper after he scores a goal like on a, like that like he he'll like you know stop to get ready to celebrate the goal with his and he just looks so smooth doing it like he he comes to <laughs> he puts the brakes on mm. uh and and he's got this look on his face like yeah I do that all the time right. like you know and he's a large man to too so yeah exactly like the whole thing deal, and his 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 like chin and everything and uh <laughs> And yeah, and he had a great game. I thought. I thought. I mean, everyone. Everyone played really well yesterday. Uh, Hudson fashing for sure. I, he's. You know what? What's interesting is I, I think you, you hear all the time about um, you know, competition within the team is good and stuff like that. And uh, fashing. I don't want to say you got too comfortable because the guy always just works so hard. But uh, when Arnaud Durando came up and was like a little bit of a lightning bolt. And all of a sudden it kind of felt like fashing was maybe put on notice a little bit. Like this guy might you know, take your role as the guy nobody's ever heard of the place for the Islanders, <laughs> pre- you know, previously held by, by luminaries like uh, uh, Michael Dalcole or whoever. And like, just like a fourth line player that right. all these you know, people outside the, the, the team have no idea who he is. And well, it's like uh, the new, new toy, like fashion yes, was yeah. the new toy. And now we have a new, new toy that, is getting that was yeah severely discounted that, right. that yeah. found and it, it might be worth something like oh man uh uh but he was really good uh i thought kyle palmieri has been awesome and his his it was nice to see him get rewarded with like an accounting stat for once right uh, yeah. with his goal and assist uh sorokin was sorokin but there's just so many encouraging signs from around the team from from 
players who kind of were inconsistent. I mean, the whole team's been inconsistent, but like <laughs> I think Alex Romanov, since since Mayfield and Romanov have split up, hmm. uh, Romanov going with Pollock and, and Mayfield playing with Pellick, Romanov's been really good. And maybe it's, yeah. you know, the kid having the baby, you know, the dad strength or whatever. <laughs> I just, I just uh, blame putting the kid the- for all that stuff, just like yeah. staying up late, you know, yeah. the whole thing. So. Maybe he's putting the the the, the full face shield on. Uh, whatever it is, it's something's going on with him, and he's been playing really well. Mm. And you know, it Bo Horvat rocks. We say it all the time now mm. on the show, but the guy yesterday he takes two penalties, and both of them were very, uh, like, kind of just unlucky, I guess. Like the first mm. one, I thought was a good defensive play, and the second one, you know, the high stick where Kubali kind of went searching for it mm. uh, in a huge game, and and you were like, you know what? that's such an islander he's an islander now like taking (laughs) those kind of penalties and in this kind of huge game and uh so he's been awesome everyone's been so good and the the team has that that likability back and you know i'm trying to like put my finger on like where things turned (laughs) and and where this kind of team spirit kind of came from and why where that that smell has reemerged from this Mm. this islander stench and uh i keep going back to brock nelson scoring that two-on-one goal against tristan jari where against the penguins that sent a shiver down every penguins writer's spine yeah put the penguins on notice put the you know tristan jari didn't i don't even think he reacted to that and it just <laughs> all of a sudden it, it felt like since that goal which was a very, you know, Islanders from whether it's a, the, that playoff series in 2019 or in 2021. Like, it felt like it was right out of there. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but they played the Penguins at just the exact right time. Right. I think, to just right, to snap them back into, oh, yeah, that's right. We can do this. And right. Yes, exactly. That, and this is, this is a team we're chasing. And, and, and since right. that goal, I just think, like, you know, the Islanders have, have found – found themselves again and they look like they're having fun and mm. they're doing this all and nobody's saying this and nobody's really <laughs> talking about them because the no. senators and the, the sabers and we'll talk like a little bit about that later um just prepare yourself for being the the villains of this this playoff chase because <laughs> it's either the islanders kick out Sidney crosby and ruin his playoff streak or they they take a spot from the beloved underdogs um but the uh since like since since that goal and and the islanders doing this like they they've just like have found like meaning almost it's it's so strange cuz it it you, it's so hard to like put a a tangible thing on it but like it just feels like they found purpose on the ice and it's it's really nice well and it's taken 65 yeah, it's there, <laughs> which is a little this in october like i know i know i mean i know we changed coaches and all here guys but like i don't know if you know this was we had to really fully re- hit the reset button and start all over yeah. again but that's what they kind of did and yeah they're doing um, it without matt barzell and no, that's what i'm yes. saying nobody's talking about this like this is an impressive streak from a team that is yeah got its back against the wall and nobody's like you know it's pretty impressive that the islanders are doing this <laughs> uh with with matt barzell out well there's a there's a game coming up that we'll talk about at the end of this this half that will probably elicit that exact reaction, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, before we move on from the Detroit game, we want to talk about the new guy, Pierre Engvall, who I thought looked pretty good uh, in that game as well. He was very active. 
Um, he uh, came over from a team that shall not be named for a third round pick in next year's draft, not this year's draft, but the next year's draft. And the book on him was uh, he's big. He can skate. He does have a bit of scoring touch, but he's very inconsistent. So it sounded a little bit like, oh, great. They got a six foot five uh, Anthony Beauvillier, you know, because it's like, oh, well, I've kind of heard that story before. And he, he is a big Pierre. He's kind of enormous. Thomas Hickey was like, guys, I know I know what he's listed at, but uh, he's a monster. Like, he's enormous. But uh, he really was uh, very active, very noticeable in, in good ways. He uh, almost had a kind of behind-the-back pass uh, from the wall to the slot that uh, Horvat just barely missed. And uh, he was on the top line with Lee and Horvat right, right off the bat. So, okay, kid, here you go. And um, – He's also a devastatingly handsome man, which we talked about on uh, on Twitter. He's definitely upping the, the team's handsome game. Uh, in the words of our mutual friend Warren Zevon, his hair is perfect. And of course, Lou made him cut it a little bit. It wasn't long, but it was kind of hot. So I don't know if that's going to change or not. But uh, I thought he looked really good. Uh, you know, it's one game. You don't want to get too active and crazy about it. But, you know, maybe uh, maybe a change of scenery is a good one. And maybe not playing with, you know, half an all-star team in front of you might actually unlock right. something in this guy that, that the Islanders can really use. He is a UFA at the end of the year. So he might, you know, he's going to need to be resigned if he's going to, they're going to keep him around. But uh, so far, uh, as far as the audition goes, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. I think um, there's a couple things about this trade. One, uh, he was people uh, in Toronto uh, or who watched him. have said like the, the knock on him is like you said, he's inconsistent, but mostly the inconsistency is he doesn't, produce he doesn't score enough Mm. Uh, he's got everything else except for some reason can't become that like reliable Mm. 20 goal scorer that that he should be with his talent and my rebuttal to that is yeah but what's his role on that team like like, he's not going to play above mitch marner william nylander uh austin matthews or you know the biggest diver in the nhl right now michael bunting like he's gonna play as like a third line checking winger and he does a really good job of that like his 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 numbers in terms of like his defensive impact look really good and so there's really no downside to the islanders acquiring this player because worst comes to worst he's just a really strong like third line checking winger who has more offensive upside than what the islanders usually play in that position And if he does find that, you know, next level offensively, the Islanders are a perfect team for him to go to because, yeah. look, there have been times this this best fortnight that Bo Horvat looks up to center a puck and his best option is Matt Martin because the other person on the ice <laughs> is Ross Johnston. Like it's not or, or, or you know, Otto Koivula. Like this is yeah. there was a there was a really simple play uh, Engvall made along the boards yesterday to, to get the Islanders in the zone where he kind of just like it was like a one touch little play with his back to the to his teammates and it ended up on Lee Lee's stick and nothing came of it but it was just like a subtle little deft skill play and Simon Holmstrom is not going to be making that play and neither is Hudson Fashing or whatever those guys yeah maybe they'll they'll get the puck deep too but like in a, it'll it'll take a lot more effort than what that was so it must be refreshing for for Lee and Horvat without Barzell to have this guy who can uh, make a play like that out of, you know, maybe he's, he's covered and, and he can still get the puck to them rather than just throwing it deep. And um, that's great. So like, I just feel like there's no downside to what they did. And I'll tell you what, when that trade was made, first of all, 
did not see that one coming. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I just did not see that one coming at all. Um, and, he, you know, his name was out there like a little bit as like a Leafs because the Leafs needed to clear room for their next big move. Yeah, I was going to say we need we knew that the Leafs had to do something. Right. They brought in a hundred different guys. So somebody was going to go, uh, but we didn't think it was going to be him. <laughs> and the, the Islanders with, with Lou have not made these kind of transactions at all. Mm. Uh, these, these didn't see that one coming. Not just like even Horvat, like the Islanders needed a somewhat to score. And, and there was like Horvat and Timo Meyer out there. And there's like a, a set list of players uh, and the Islanders got one of them. Whereas this one, yeah, like it's just, we knew the Leafs probably would have to do something. And mm. I just didn't think, it would be Angball going to the Islanders to do it. And it was the type of move that if you had switched the positions, like you switched the Islanders and the Leafs and the GMs or whatever, mm. that is Kyle Dubas buying, real, recognizing a situation and taking advantage of it. And it only cost him a third round draft pick, like another tidy piece of business from Kyle Dubas. And <laughs> instead it was, you know, this, this you know, and especially cause he's a, got an analytics darling a little bit. He's got great charts. His charts mm. are full of the right color and, uh, and 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 instead of the right places the blobs are all in the right place and yeah instead of uh instead of that kind of complimentary stuff it was just yeah the islanders got a, a defensive forward who, who doesn't score and uh we'll see if a change of scenery helps and then it was i mean it was all coming in a flurry of deals where the where the leafs traded away rasmus sandine so that right. they can get a late first round pick and 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 eric gustafson uh, who apparently, according to the athletics contract model, is an eight and a half million dollar player. Um, out of nowhere, but uh, <laughs> that's the same Eric Gustafson who didn't break camp with the Islanders. He he right. didn't try, you know, make good on his PTO. Yeah, and so, he played for one of the worst teams in the league last year in the Blackhawks. So right, I mean. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so if, I'm I'm just if if the island if you had switched once again, if it was the Islanders who 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 did what the Leafs did and the Leafs. Mm. On the other side, like, you know, Lou trades away Sandine or, or young mm-hmm. defenseman and uh, ends up with Luke Shen and Eric Gustafson and a late first round pick to, for his troubles. Mm. Can you imagine like what yeah. the oh, man, there's that old hockey man, Lou, like yeah. trying well, to win the trying to win the 2002 Stanley Cup again. I'll give you another one before we move on. So let's say you're 100 percent right. I agree with you a million percent. If the Islanders had done what the Leafs did, even if they were in the Leafs position they would have been raked over the coals or at least gotten the eyebrow raise emoji. I don't know what the plan is here. How about this? What if the Islanders had um, traded one of their top, you know, what, three, four forwards to a Stanley Cup contender uh, kind of out of nowhere, who also happened to be the best friend of their captain, had traded one of their top four defensemen, got a first round pick back, but also kind of out of nowhere, made a deal that nobody expected and nobody saw coming. And um, what was the other thing? Uh, just uh, traded, oh, a guy who would spend most of the year in the minors, had a, a bit of a you know substance abuse problem, dumped him off on a league rival, on a division rival for basically nothing, uh, and uh, made another, another bunch of questionable moves. What do you think their uh, grade would be if they had done all of those things, because I can tell you that Steve Eiserman's grade <laughs> was pretty good. Uh, he's the Eiser plan is working. He's got this whole thing on lockdown. He knows what to do for the future. And I'm looking at these moves that the Red Wings made. And I'm like, does he though? Like, does he really? Or is he just Steve Eiserman? And everybody just wants to be his friend, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think thought, it's yeah. it's it's the latter. <laughs> Where yeah, there's, they had a there's very no, curious uh, deadline. Tyler Bertuzzi, Philip Ronick, and again, not not all those deals were bad, but just like really okay. Well, you know, yes. He uh, yeah, and, and he uh, he always gets the benefit of the doubt because look at what look at you know the Lightning, the Lightning. Right. Are, that's oh, yeah. that's the team he built. Like okay, yeah. So, but, but <laughs> that's six seven years ago, right? Whereas you can say, well, we'll look at yeah. the what about the Leafs like. Lou, yeah. I think I'm pr- pretty sure that Mitch Marner was a was a Lou Lamarillo draft pick, sure. and yeah. Uh, the, well, what else was he going to do? Not draft Mitch Marner. <laughs> the uh, Red Wings are also on looking at their seventh year out of the playoffs, and again, if the Islanders were in that position, and they have been, the Islanders have missed the playoffs for seven years in a row, and everything they did at the deadline was like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> but when you're Steve Eiserman, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's move on real quick to the game uh, earlier this week, uh, the two one shootout loss in Minnesota. Not a ton to talk about here. Uh, Phil, uh, Philip Gustafson, excuse me, was fantastic. He really, really, really played very well for Minnesota. Um, had 39 saves, and the Islanders, frankly, deserve you know to steal a, a phrase from uh, the charts, deserve to win this game. They they played really well. Sorokin was also really good. He made 30 saves, but Gustafson was kind of on another level. Um, of the two of the three things that really went wrong for the Islanders, the Gustafson, you know, uh, playing really well was not, not at all embarrassing. That happens to you. He's had a really good season. Uh, Ryan Reeves scoring his first goal of the season by batting the puck out of the air past Eddie <laughs> Sorokin. That's, you know, moderately embarrassing. I would say like, if it was anybody else, it wouldn't be that bad, but like it's Ryan Reeves and it's his first of the season. That's pretty embarrassing. But again, you can live with it. What's super embarrassing is that the Islanders cannot win a shootout. And not only can they not win a shootout, which, again, statistically, you know, is plausible. You can go a whole season without winning a shootout. It's a coin flip. It's a skills competition, whatever. The fact that these guys, their shootout attempts are so lame, that's what's embarrassing about it. It's like they're not even trying out there. Holmstrom at least had, like, some kind of move. You know, he tried, but didn't go anywhere. I forget. I think it was Palmieri and... Maybe somebody else were after him. Horvat, yeah, it's Horvat. Horvat, yeah. These these attempts are lame. They're they're you're not even trying to fake the goalie out or make him move. You're just going up there and either shooting it right in his pads or missing the net entirely. It's like guys, come on. Again, being 0 five in the shootout or 0 six, whatever they are, they're 0 five now. I get it. Like it can happen. But guys, are we even trying out there? Like it's it it's embarrassing. And I, I almost turn the game off. Like I'm just like hey, they got their point. That's enough. I'm done. Uh, you know, but then, but that's a shootout. You never know. Maybe they, maybe somebody is going to bust out a move. And they, it was only one goal scored in the whole shootout, so it wasn't like they missed by a lot. But the way yeah. it went down was really bad. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had Matt Maddie the usher texted me saying like he's turning the game off after regulation and just yeah. not letting not letting the impending shootout loss ruin his mood. And I thought they were great in OT too. Like they had chances in overtime the whole yeah. time. And yeah, they do- they dominated that game yeah. for sixty five minutes. It seemed and. uh yeah, the the frustrating thing about that shootout is the Wild are really good at shootouts because they have Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and right. Sorokin stopped them both. Yeah, <laughs> and and you're like, oh god, like if he's stopping those two guys, sure, you got to win. And um, the everything kind of went to shit when Holmstrom deked Gustafson out, had a wide open net, but the puck just kind of flurried away from him. You're like, god damn it, like yeah, that was it. They, uh, they got Kaprizov, they got Zuccarello, they got all these other guys, and it's uh, Freddie Goudreau who scores in the shootout. And Sorokin like got a piece of that one too, yeah. and it's just it was just tough. And and that was why the Detroit game was so horrifying mm. for those first uh, you know forty 
plus minutes, 40 minutes plus the intermission, because you're thinking, okay, like we just got, you know, relatively goalied by the, the wild. Um, and we're, it's about to happen again. This is great. And, uh, completely throw, throw a wrench into like the Islanders playoff race. It puts them into a much more of a underdog position because mm-hmm. the Sabres, because not only, not only are the, are the Islanders going to lose to this Red Wings team, but they're the, the Sabres are going to beat the lightning who have played the yeah. Islanders, you know, main opposition in, in these games. I think they've lost twice to the Sabres. They've lost to uh, Florida. I believe like this is, they lost to the Penguins twice. So, mm. Uh, the, the, the Lightning are doing us no favors uh, mm. right now. The Rangers did us no favors with with <laughs> with their performances as well. Um, so it, everything was about to to feel a lot different, but uh, the, the now that they did get the win against Detroit, you look at the two games together and or in, in three games with the the Winnipeg game as well, and you're like, this this body of work is very very impressive and. I believe in what they're doing. And if they just stay this course, like if they can find a way to play like this, most periods from now until their 82nd game, like you just feel confident, especially because of the goaltending. Um, Whereas the other teams, the, they're just scatter shots, like all over the place. Mm -hmm. The penguins look great one night, then they get blown out the other night that the Sabres and and senators are so young. And Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Ottawa is coming shot out of a cannon, but like, is that do you trust the mad Sogard and, and Cam Talbot to be able to to play them play well enough that they don't drop points to a team like Columbus? Like, I mean, they just beat Columbus last night, but the Sabers. The point I'm making mm-hmm. is like the Sabers lost to Columbus after everyone was like, "Oh, here come the Sabers," and then they lose to Columbus. <laughs> so, right. the, the um, yeah, like if the Islanders just play the steady brand of hockey, not only will they piss everybody off, but mm. they should <laughs> put themselves in in a great position yeah. uh, in a month. Yeah, well, that's a perfect segue to uh, the upcoming schedule, uh, which is nothing short of the season, I guess. Uh, I mean, at this point. Once again. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we said that this year? Tuesday versus Buffalo at home, 7.30. Thursday, back in Pittsburgh, 7 p.m. And then Saturday, 7.30 at home to Washington. Right now, this is these are the teams you're staring at between you and a playoff spot. And then the week after, they're in California to play the Kings, Ducks, and Sharks uh, in that whole week. So um, this is it. I, I think the Islanders, to their credit, understand this. I expect these games to be played tough. We've already seen them take it to Pittsburgh twice. They're, they had another strange trade deadline. We'll talk about that in a second. The Caps have kind of also ha- sort of half sold off, half gained stuff. They had a big win over the Sharks yesterday. But Buffalo is the team that that the Islanders need to to exert their dominance on. A big win on Tuesday would be enormous and uh you know no 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 overtime no shootout got to be a regulation win over buffalo which would really you're right would piss people off would throw a bunch of <laughs> cold water on the uh the sabers charge and uh i think that's the one you mentioned before like how come nobody's really noticed what the islanders have done if they come out and beat buffalo in regulation convincingly on tuesday i think you're going to see a lot of people being like hmm i guess uh i guess the islanders are kind of in this thing they're not they're not just going away because uh you know people weren't impressed by uh pierre engvall at the trade deadline so uh <laughs> you know it's gonna, it's gonna be a tight one i'm gonna tell you right now it's it's not gonna be tuesday's gonna be a a wretched anxious day uh, but this is yeah this is what we signed up for meaningful games uh, in march so yeah 
<laughs> kind of regret it now. Um, <laughs> the the Sabres also, like, Monday's huge, too. The Sabres play the Oilers the night before. Yes. Uh, in true. Buffalo, uh, which, you know, if, if the Oilers can do us a favor here, not start Jack Campbell and then beat the Sabres. <laughs> um, <awful>. Jesus. <laughs> he's so bad. Uh, if, if that can happen, we can, uh, you know, re- like you said, like, not just put a, put a dent into their charge, but, like, hmm. you know, it, this is pie-in-the-sky stuff, but if they take no points from Edmonton and then we beat them in regulation next thing you know like we're six points clear of them mm. and they've already played one of their game in hand so games in hand uh so it's it really feels better and, and the sabers have a grueling schedule yes, uh, we i think that, yeah. i think if you look at uh just by remaining opponents mm. like win percentage buffalo uh, is yeah i think they have the sixth hardest schedule the senators yeah. have the second hardest schedule Buffalo and the Islanders. has Boston twice, I think. They yeah. Lightning again, stuff like that. Yeah. The Leafs and again. You, you, the, yeah. the most terrifying part of this is that the Islanders have the 26th <laughs> most difficult schedule left. So, uh, well, not for that. Like, it could be anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, it's just, that's just not what you want to hear. Uh, you, you, but yeah, Buffalo, this, this, this kind of playoff race has been very interesting from, a casual perspectives but of course if you're one of the teams in it you're like god damn it especially with the islanders where people finally woke up to the fact that they've had a, a not once again a very strange schedule where they yeah. were five games clear and i know the sabers had the, the snowstorm but like they were clear of teams that weren't affected by that kind of stuff too like they had played more games than anybody in the nhl for uh yeah. for like three straight weeks now and nobody was like making up any t- ground on them Right, and I saw someone finally tweet about like, why are the Islanders playing so much? That was Good Mark goal. Lazarus of the oh. Athletic was like, how come the Islanders have played more games than anybody else? It's like, well, how come nobody noticed when they were playing yeah. four games a week for a month right. and a half? Mark, you dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and everyone was like, well, you know, maybe it's just because like the travel is easy for them. Their New York team is so easy to get in. Well, uh, the Jersey, the New Jersey's played sixty one right now. The Rangers right. have played two fewer games, and and Rangers are a week off. Yeah. Five days off. yeah, the Rangers are thinking that things have gone a little south for the Rangers. And the NHL said, you, you, look, you're going to need this couple break, <laughs> day break to make sure you get Patrick Kane on the right page with everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Sabres, Sabres, so they play the back-to-back Oilers, Islanders, yeah. then Stars, Rangers, Leafs, Capitals, mm. uh, Flyers, Bruins. So like they, they're this, you, you hope that the Islanders can really not just, you know, put a little landmine in, in their, uh, path to the to the playoffs that everyone's rooting for but kind of just destroy them uh mm-hmm. because the this frustrating thing about this this playoff race is once you think you know once one team you ever play mario party mm, of course and and like there's that one game where like you have to do put up a or b like simon says yeah and and then if you get it wrong like toad chops your rope and you float <laughs> into the abyss yeah well it feels like that with the playoff race and mm. these teams are you know we we, we chopped the Red Wings, they're they're kind of floating off. The the Capitals are still hanging around, by the way. Like they might have mm-hmm. sold off some pieces, but they're only four points behind the Islanders with the game in hand. And uh uh they have good goaltending. So but you you, you keep thinking, okay, like the, the Capitals, we got rid of them. The Panthers, maybe we got rid of them. Uh even like a week ago it looked like maybe the Sabres were going. Uh mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the Senators emerge and then the yes. Panthers reemerge. And now the <laughs> so it's it's been frustrating in that regard. Uh think that, you know, one team's gone, another one comes back. Which is the entire ethos of Mario Party, where you could be leading for the entire game, and then all of a right. sudden somebody lands on one spot, and you're in third place. And you're like, wait, what happened? 
that's Mario Party. That's just how it works. Uh, it, that's that's what you sign up for when you pop that cartridge in. So, uh, just one more thing about that Sabres game on Tuesday is is you just gotta be prepared for the entire yes. hockey world if they beat the Oilers, mm. especially being like we need the Sabres to win. Hopefully, the Sabres beat the the uh, you know the the big bad Islanders who mm. are treated like a team that has ma- been like a playoff mainstay for. <laughs> 20 straight like the like the penguins of the it's always been penguins capitals islanders in the playoffs like we need it we need some we need new faces in the playoff mix like what are you the islanders <laughs> the islanders were in the like the the sports abyss there for 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 25 years right, and right. and and uh that's how we're being treated yeah. like this boogeyman like no uh well they're, they're yes. treated like the uh the the syracuse indians or whatever from uh from slapshot the team that always wins yeah. and always has all the goons like yeah, yes. okay, yeah. definitely yeah, no, not they're... what this team is but yeah oh no definitely definitely and you're yeah you're calling them the, the villains of the playoff chase is definitely apt yeah. uh for sure so uh well we're going to talk about uh other teams on the other side of the uh the break we're going to go through a bunch of the trade deadline moves and uh kind of laugh at who did who did what and uh talk about the teams that uh, begrudgingly deserve a little respect uh if you would like to hear this podcast without the obtrusive corporate interruptions you can head over to patreon.com slash islanders anxiety sign up for one of our two subscription tiers plans start as as low as two bucks a month and you can get ad-free versions of all of our original shows plus bonus podcasts mike's newsletter my islanders book club and a ton more patreon.com slash islanders anxiety go there now sign up and uh, you won't regret it and we'll be back on the other side thanks Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. We have a new deal going on there. If you're at VintageIceHockey.com and you spend $50 or more, you could use the word the code 4CUPS, spelled out F-O-R, F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, and you can get a free coffee mug or pint glass with the island logo on it. So do that, vintageicehockey.com. Check it out. Spend 50 bucks or more. Get yourself a free mug. It's a great deal. Uh, Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shop and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. The fine folks of FOCO have done it again. They have a brand new bobblehead. It's called Lying Change. It's got Dennis Potvin, Brian Trottier, and Brent Sutter all coming off uh, the bench and as one line change. The pre-orders are live now. There are not many of these, I promise you, so go there. 
foco.com we have the link uh and look up line change and you'll get the, that bobblehead there pre-ordered and uh, it's really neat if you're a bobblehead collector it's uh, it's huge too so check it out uh okay let's um let's go through the trade deadline here i'm uh, pulling up my handy uh sportsnet trade tracker and um I'm going to start with you. I always go through these kind of long spiels uh, when we come out of the break here. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being absolutely perfect, 1 being an unmitigated disaster, uh, what what score would you give the Islanders for their trade deadline, bearing in mind that it kind of started back on January 30th when they got Bo Horvat? Uh, yeah. what, what would you slot them in there? I, I, I would say like, you know, 8 maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I think you can make an argument even high for higher. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, maybe, you know, a depth defenseman would work, right. but whatever you can, you can nitpick. Uh, but the thing that's, that's really stuck, stuck out to me here too, is, is we, we, you know, we talked in the first half of the show about how the, uh, the Pierre Engvall trade was, was, was uh, not, let's say, treated the way it would have been if Kyle Dubas was the one acquiring the <laughs> The, right. the <laughs> yes exactly uh or the rangers or you know even the penguins whatever whatever team you want to throw in there that's not the islanders uh so but what i want to say is the islanders were derided mm. i've never seen a trade a blockbuster where both like, can both teams lose a trade like this mm. when uh they traded for bo horvat and i get we're all prisoners of the moment and <laughs> that means that it Bo, the Bo Horvat trade isn't on anyone's mind here. Uh, March, whatever it was, March 3rd, when the Islanders made that trade. What is it, the end of January or early right. February? The, right before the All-Star break that you know pe- people were talking were talking about the, the, the more recent trades. But when you look at some of the trades that were made, yeah, the Islanders giving up, uh, both getting, we love Anthony Beauvillier, of course, but like getting rid of that cap hit um giving up a first round pick and uh a solid but probably not spectacular prospect for this player was dare i say a tidy piece of business by by <laughs> Lou Lamarillo um and it was absolutely panned yeah, yeah. which i i th- i think you can say that maybe there are times where we go too far with the uh it's not even like anti-Islander. It's per- it's persecution like, complex. I think yeah, is the word you're yes, looking exactly. for. Exactly, <laughs> and, and you can make that argument. Sure. And and you you have multiple legs to stand on with us, but right. then you look at this Bohorvat trade and how it was handled or or reviewed by the critics mm. out there. Um, and then you look at the trade deadline and the some of the other deals that were made, and you, you think, well, the Islanders maybe made one of the best acquisitions of anybody in the trade deadline. Like yeah. it's Timo Meyer, a better player than Bo Horvat probably. And will he help the devils more than Bo Horvat helps the Islanders? Maybe like probably as well. Like, but outside of that, like you can say maybe the Jacob Chikrin trade, mm. um, is like the only other one where the upside is as high as it is with the Islanders who, uh, were, like I said, universally panned for mm-hmm. trading for one of the best players available getting him and then playing really well with him and him yeah. playing very well as well so 
it's I really just it's that's that's where this comes from, right? This this mm. persecution complex because we had to hear all we had to <laughs> we had to be made people had to people made fun of us made yeah. fun of the islanders and lamarillo mm. uh for for making a, a trade that on paper looked good mm-hmm. on the ice has looked good and nobody is saying oh you know what this islanders run maybe it doesn't happen if they they don't trade for this guy and mm. anthony beauvillier is still yeah. out there searching for his game so <laughs> uh yeah an eight for me and plus like i just it's just that's mm. that that's where this all kind of stems from this persecution complex these moments like this where mm. it's just like what what am i missing yeah. here like why are you trying to like make right. me feel like I'm, I'm missing that did Bo, does bo horvat have like uh, like a rap sheet or something that i'm missing <laughs> is that like what's going on like right this yeah. guy seems made for this team and, and has proven it and and yeah we didn't give up all that much we didn't I, I I loved what the Lightning did, by the way. I think it's hilarious. Like, go right ahead, <laughs> screw the draft, screw the picks. You're the Lightning. Right. You can do whatever you want. But like, we didn't do that for Tanner right. Janot. Like, yeah. we didn't I, we didn't trade away a young defenseman and a decent, you know, two way player to make room for Luke Shen. Like, we <laughs> we we got a really good player. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's weird. the uh, it's the the making of. The making of people to feel like morons, I think, gets on our nerves. And like, it's not enough that the Islanders made a trade that people didn't quite get at the time. But it's sort of like the the implication, like, these guys are idiots. You're an idiot for supporting them. And screw you and screw your team and screw your fandom because, you know, your team sucks. It's like, well, come on. Like, give me a break. And I think um, so in the athletic, they they ranked everybody and I didn't really want to read it but i guess i was eating breakfast or whatever at the time and i had nothing else to do and they did give the islanders a seven or at least kevin kurz did uh on their their trade deadline and i think that's probably about right like you said i mean you could you can make the argument that they probably should have added a depth defenseman we were both surprised and we are talking uh over the course of deadline day that they didn't pick up um a dmitry kulikov or a, uh somebody like that which we'll talk about in a second uh because that's that's a very islanders lou lamorello thing to do and we've seen the likes of Andy Green and uh, uh, who was the other guy, the lightning guy that they got, uh, Brayden Coburn, guys like Coburn, that, you know, yeah, yeah they just showed up, uh, but they didn't do that this year. And, and, you know, you could look at their defense and be like, um, I hope they have the depth here to, to go on a playoff run. That would be something. But other than that, getting Horvat, getting Angval again, bearing in mind that they Pajot is still out, Barzell is out, Wallstrom is out. Like they needed a guy like Engvall kind of fits the bill of a guy who can score, who can play both ways, who can fit into the system. So, I think yeah, seven. You know, some, somewhere between six and eight. I think is is pretty fair. Um, and Kevin Kerr has also noted that as time has gone on, um, the Horvat trade has looked a lot better. Um, Bovillier is on a bit of a tear uh, since going on going to Vancouver. Uh, Aturatu is, has not been, but uh, you know we've seen that from Bo too. Like, talk to me when he goes fifteen games without a goal. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, we've seen that before. And again, we love Bo uh, Bovillier. Um, but uh, you know, I think yeah. Time has gone on and made this trade look better. And one of the th- reasons that the trade has gone on to look better is because the Canucks continue to have absolutely no idea t- what they're doing. Um, they traded. So getting the Islanders first round pick this year, even though it's protected, was obviously the big coup for them. That's what made all the, the computer boys go completely bananas because they love that kind of stuff. Well, then the Canucks couldn't leave well enough alone. And they traded that pick to Detroit for Philip Hironik, who we talked about a few minutes ago. Again, Hironik's not a bad player, but 
why would you do this? <laughs> you know, the, the Canucks really do feel like they are a playoff team, even though they're probably what, 10 points out right now. And they feel like they're just, you know, one, one piece away from going on that big run and being that juggernaut guys. You're not, I'm sorry to tell you that. Um, they did not trade JT Miller, which was kind of confusing. Um, they did trade uh, Luke Shen to the Leafs who's, you know, I, I guess he, you know, his original time with the Leafs has gone, been memory hold by him now. I don't know, maybe, uh, and uh, I, I just, yeah, okay, fine. He's won a cup now, so that makes him a different player. So the Luke Shen that got booed the hell out of Toronto is the different <laughs> Luke Shen, apparently, because he won a cup with a, a third team, the third team he played for. So, um, you know, that was a third-round pick. And, of course, you know, giving up a third-round pick for Luke Shen is good. Giving up a third-round pick next year for Pierre Engvall is, mm, I don't get it. Do they, do they Have they seen this guy play? So there's your difference, right? Um, yeah, we're not gonna they have nine defensemen now. They have nine defense. Like we thought for sure. I joke too. Like, oh, here's where Justin Hall gets traded to the Islanders. But uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with these. I get, you know, injuries do happen, obviously. But like, right, nine is a lot. <laughs> but they also had like George. They already had like Jordy Ben and and some yeah. other guy too. Like that that where fine, you know, eight or nine defensemen. If you're if you're mm. collecting defensemen because you're afraid that you know you're going to need that you're going to need your number nine defenseman in the playoffs like that's already a problem like (laughs) so what's what like that's what i I mean i didn't read that athletic article i've I've done a pretty good job of not going on there Uh, (laughs) and uh but i'm sure that the the leafs made out like bandits and oh of course of course and uh you know getting the nine defenseman is probably smart and uh (laughs) the fact that they didn't get another forward to replace angle and Mm. you you look at like the dude the dude was made what six or seven changes to his yeah, roster here with the roster, with yeah. like a month and a half with O'Reilly and, and uh and the other guy too yeah so and Achari, yeah. Achari uh apparently Jake McCabe is mm. you know maybe the the second coming of like Chris Pronger or something you know to play the playoff game and right. uh there you're th- you're talking about a team that's on pace for uh you know another hundred point season and you're just you're mm. you're uh adding Luke Shen and 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 Eric Gustafson to it to and trading away players who were part of making it this team it's mm. the, like I said the type of move that people in their mind in their 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 minds I Dubis would never do it and and this will be a race of course like if it doesn't go well yeah you know never happened like the Nick Foligno trade Dubis has <laughs> never gone all in like this at the deadline <laughs> um, he once traded like eleven first round picks for Nick Foligno so I mean they um, added six new guys and I'm not sure anybody could definitively say that they're going to get out of the first round now or, or that they like everyone keeps saying that oh this team's better like what am I missing once again what am I missing here that that makes this team better than it was hmm. Luke Shen yeah. They got, Luke they got Shen playoff, makes them better. They got playoff warrior Ryan O'Reilly, who is now hurt. Apparently, they got so. slower. They got slower. They got older. Like, I don't know about. Better. I don't know if better and slower. Is, and and this is the same guy who 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 gets lauded for, you know, he's saying screw it to the to the old hockey trope that you need toughness and grit and and mm. and winners to <laughs> to win in the playoffs. He, right. He's going all in on skill and speed mm. with Luke Shen. <laughs> What? Right. You guys wrote all this like three months ago. It's not. I'm not saying like eight years ago. Like this was three months ago that his off season was all about going all in on, on on skill and speed once again, and 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 goalies and and, and going and, and ignoring goaltending. Matt Murray got lit up last night in his first game back from his injury, uh, as well. Um, I whatever like whatever happens with them. Like this is 
this is what, what what just drives me up a wall sometimes because I feel like a, you know a prisoner of of my own mind when I'm like, mm. wait, if <laughs> if Ron Hextall traded for Luke Shen, to made all these trades to mm. to make room for Luke Shen, people would be call, you know calling Lemieux to to murder him like I, like and and it would be justified. This is right. this is so strange that there's yeah. one if Ken Holland did it. Like when Ken, Col- oh, yeah. Ken Holland signed like Cody CC that one year, and everyone, yeah. like, what's the difference? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's. All right. So I'm I'm glad you brought these two guys up because let's let's talk about them uh, real quick. As far as Ken Holland and the Oilers go, I thought they were one of the better teams to make out of this trade deadline. They got Matthias Ekholm from Nashville. You know, they gave up. Uh, you know, a, a sizable amount. Uh, they traded Tyson Barry right. to yeah to to Nashville to get Ekholm. Right, to get Ekholm and a bunch of picks. And uh, I think that's great. Ekholm is a lot older than I thought. He's 33, but uh, I thought that was that was a good pickup for them. They also got, um, oh, uh, Nick Bugstad, who, again, is yep. older, you know, but he's the kind of guy that the Oilers don't always have, that sort of third line, you know, depth forward that can that can do something. And uh, he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. But, you know, I, as much as, as loath as I am to give the Oilers credit for anything, because I like when they get uh, – you know, they fall flat on their face because it's funny to watch people uh, react to it. Uh, I thought they did pretty well. And so I'm going to give give Ken Holland, uh, you know, a little bit of credit this year. And uh, again, this year, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They got swept by the Avalanche. I would not be surprised to see them back in the Conference Finals again this year. Uh, and if they make the uh, the Cup Final, uh, everybody uh, on the uh, it's good for the game train can, you know, rest easy knowing that Conor McDavid is getting watched <sighs> by, you know, maybe 12 more people. <laughs> uh, in, in the spring than than he would normally have been. So uh, I, I give the I give the Oilers credit. Uh, I think the Bruins also did pretty well too. They got Tyler Bertuzzi. We talked about before. Obviously, they picked up Orlov and Hathaway, which we talked about last time. And uh, they um they are a runaway freight train right now in the in the best possible way. They are uh, they're really going. Um, that being said, the Penguins uh, are a floundering ship right now. I know I'm saying this tempting fate before the Islanders play them, but. People were chanting for Ron Hextall to be fired at the game the other day. They reacquired Nick Benino, who was a playoff hero for them years ago before getting going into the wilderness. They they acquired Dmitry Kulikov, uh, who I thought the Islanders were going to acquire. And uh, they immediately were like, you know, lambasted for that because they gave up a little too much for this guy who's kind of old and slow. Um, they traded away somebody who uh, I thought was actually kind of okay. But Teddy, oh, Teddy Brock- Bluger. Teddy Bluger, yeah. Teddy Bluger went to to Vegas to make room for Bonino and Kulikov, basically. And this is this is some serious like deck chairs on the Titanic stuff for the Penguins. Like this, you know, they're they're a flawed team, but they're still in the playoff mix. And none of these moves are going to help them in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so uh it is fun to see uh them getting uh raked over the coals a little bit. And uh it's, it's, hockey is not not been kind to the state of Pennsylvania this year, so it's nice to see. <laughs> I gotta say, I do enjoy that. Um, uh, what what stuck out for you, uh, for during this uh, the trade deadline? I mean, there were a lot of moves, uh, yeah. not not much on Friday, but uh, a lot of moves leading up to Friday. Uh, that uh, some some really notable, and some not so notable. Uh, and so, uh, did anything stick out to you as, as far as being good or bad? Uh, yeah, I thought that I agree with you with the Oilers uh, and yeah. the and the Bruins, man. Yeah. Good for them. Like this, right. I, I wrote about this in uh, the newsletter that we'll be doing for for Patreon uh, once a week, and that kind of it sucks that the Bruins got better because the Islanders <laughs> may play them in the first round. But at the same time, like we might need them to beat 
the Rangers or, and right. the Maple Leafs at some point. So it's it's very, uh, you know, you're like, God damn mm. it. But also mm. I get it. And uh, mm. the one thing I'll say, too, is that no matter who gets traded to the Bruins, he's such a Bruin, Elliot. <laughs> he is. I mean, is that guy not made for this team? Right. Uh, the Bruins and Flyers get that all the time. Yeah. This guy's when, such when, a flyer. When, I'm, I'm trying to think of. When I've heard someone say that about the Islanders, and yeah. and I don't know if I heard it with Pajot, <laughs> nope. but, but maybe Andy Green. Oh, he's yeah. Braden Coburn. <laughs> what an he's! I can't believe it's taken him this long to get to the right. Islanders. Uh, yeah. So that's the, those those two teams definitely stuck out from like a good standpoint. From a bad standpoint, the I we all knew Friday was going to be bad, but yeah. In terms of just like how to broadcast the deadline oh my god we don't need to spend two hours talking about this is something hockey media does anyways like it's just if you listen to one nhl hockey podcast that kind of covers uh the leafs and the rest of the league you'll you'll listen to you've listened to all of them already because they just Mm -hmm. say the same thing over and over again i don't know how many times i had to hear does patrick kane make the rangers the team to beat in the eastern conference Mm -hmm. in the same broadcast like over and over and over again Mm -hmm. There's another, like, they're like, we got to have to, we're sorry, we're going to have to kill time. No, you don't. Like, you can, there's 32 teams in the league. Like, you can spend <laughs> a half hour on each team if you want. And, and right. that'll be better, probably better it, than talking about It is about a lot this. harder to fill five hours when you only talk about six teams. Right. Well, all right let's say 10, or right? Because they throw the Rangers and a couple other U.S.-based teams in there. But that's what they do. They only spend, yeah. they only spend the time on six teams or seven teams, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they were just terrible and, and there was one point i was watching sportsnet's broadcast and the trade deadline was at 3 p.m and it was like 257 mm. and rather than you know talk about okay who's still out there what might be happening in the hopper it was all right we got nick bonino he's uh <laughs> facetiming us from the airport in in uh san francisco uh, right. nick uh you got bxa and, and ace carter here <laughs> saying doing the same interview that you do with it i've i've watched the same interview i remember the yeah. the one guy who Sticks out the most with these interviews is Cam Jansen when he gets he got traded and uh, he was like the first trade one trade deadline at like eight a.m. and then there wasn't one for like three hours and James Duffy might have interviewed him three different times. <laughs> How'd you hear about get you got traded? Oh well, from you guys and then they right. all crack up. <laughs> well, you know it's kind of a shock right now, but uh, I'm happy to go to a team that wants me and uh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to uh, you know making a push for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm gonna get out there. Family will come in a couple of days. Yeah. get settled and uh you know it's it's nice that i have some familiarity with the team like right. you know i know bones and i know and and i know and i know jonesy J- jones <laughs> flowers out there he's you know he, he sent me a text he, even though he's right. in minnesota he sent me a text about right. you know oh, go back to my old apartment uh um, right. but uh yeah i don't need to see that so that was the bad and, and yeah the penguins thing mm. sorry uh, michael granlin too was the other guy the penguins got that was like what? yeah <laughs> yeah that the, there was like a moment there where it looked like they were going to get JT Miller. And I was like, yeah, yeah that would have been annoying. You know, not like Miller could absolutely tank this tank yeah. team, of course, but he could all, he's when he's not, you know, purposely trying to lose for whatever reason, he's, <laughs> he's a good player. Um, and that would have been annoying, but mm. uh, yeah, the penguins, I think that, that one of the big parts for the Islanders here is like the big pluses is the Sabres got Jordan Greenway, whatever. Uh, mm. The Red Wings traded away their their biggest piece that was a, rather than keeping them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Capitals, of course, have been selling. Yeah, 
uh, for the most part, although I think Sandine, you know, could help them a little bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, so this, of course the senators made the chicken trade, so that's annoying, but right. like the, of, of the, the teams they're competing with, nobody went out and got Timo Meyer. like the Panthers mm. couldn't do anything. So they're the same. And, uh, that was very uh, comforting. Jake- James Van Riemsdyk had been reportedly going to Detroit. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, he's not. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, that was okay. Too. But uh, yeah, a um, couple of, couple of guys that could have been moved. Yeah. Miller was one. JVR was another one. Um, yeah. I guess Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, guys like that uh, weren't moved either. Surprisingly, a um, couple of guys that were moved that uh, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, we'll get in on the, on the coyotes at the end of this, but a couple of guys real quick that, I think I would have liked to have seen the Islanders get in on. You just mentioned the Caps moving. They uh, they sent Lars Eller to Colorado for a second round pick. I think it's a nice pickup for the Avalanche. He hasn't had a great season, but uh, wouldn't have minded seeing uh, Lars Eller on the Islanders. That would have been kind of cool, especially for just a second round pick. Um, Shane Gostisbehere was moved from the very busy Arizona Coyotes to the the Hurricanes, who of course collect offensive defensemen like kids collect baseball cards. I thought he might have been a good. You know, we talked about him last time. I thought he was a good. Would have been a good fit for the Islanders, especially as a UFA, but uh, they didn't get in on that. And John Klingberg was one of the last trades. Um, the Ducks signed him for a one-year contract. Uh, they gave him some, a bunch of trade protection for some reason, and the idea was like, well, if it doesn't work out, they could always trade him. Maybe they get a first-round pick for him. Well, the Ducks had one of the worst seasons in the league. It did not work out. Klingberg was absolutely terrible. And when it came time to unload him, they got was like a fourth-round pick for next year and some some prospect, or I don't even think is playing here. I think he's in Russia right now. From yeah, he ended up going to Minnesota. So that, again, that's a good pickup for Minnesota. Oh, Andre Schuster, sorry, and then this other guy uh, who's at BC, sorry. Um, so not a whole lot for for John Klingberg, who can make a difference. Uh, you know, despite having had a bad season. So uh, and the, but of course the Ducks had to retain fifty percent salary because they just had to get rid of this guy. Uh, I thought when he was still out there towards the end, I kind of fell into the Lou Lamorello. If you haven't heard anything about this guy. He's probably going to the Islanders trap, uh, but Klingberg did not come to the Islanders. I thought he would have been a pretty good pickup. But, you know, Pat Verbeek is another one we've talked about where you hear, oh, he's he's ready to mold this team in his own image. He's ready to, you know, he's building, slowly building the Ducks into kind of a Pat Verbeek style team. Uh, yeah, no. Right now, the Ducks stink. He tried to get something for Klingberg. He got, you know, pennies on the dollar. If I was a Ducks fan, I would be uh, very skeptical of Pat Verbeek is my GM because right now this team stinks and they've got a couple of good players and it doesn't look like they're going in the right direction. So what are you going to do? But those are a couple of guys right there that I thought might've made sense for the Islanders. Anybody on your radar that you were like, Hey, yeah, that would have been nice <laughs> for the Islanders to get Kulikov. We thought was coming here, but I'm kind of glad he did. Yeah. Like, it's that, that was the, number. that was the quintessential, uh, right. you know, I, it was always Matthew Darsh for me. I'm like, I think it's going to trade for Matthew Darsh. I'm not going to be happy. Uh, that was that move. But, uh, yeah, go. I think Gossas Bear was the one, but like at the same time, yeah. it would it would have definitely helped. But uh, the island the Islanders have defensively just been so much better lately. So yeah. I think if this was if it was like a week and a half ago, I would have been a little bit more uh, worried that the Islanders didn't pick up a, a serviceable depth defenseman. And uh, you know, I said beforehand, like the Islanders just need NHL caliber players, and Engvall mm-hmm. just you know he yeah. ticks that box. Like he 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 all of a sudden the Islanders go from having like seven or eight players on their roster mm-hmm. right now that most teams would have in their top 12 uh, to, <laughs> to nine. So that's right. good. You know, like this is, yeah. it's just that, uh, you know, that's, 
that's a big deal for this team just to yeah. inject an NHL level player with with some upside and skill. Sure. Um, but yeah, that that's the, just the deadline. I'm just so happy it's done. It's, oh, thank God! Yeah, I didn't have to. I didn't. I was just don't need to hear about the fact that Dave Pagnota doesn't sleep and he can finally <laughs> oh can finally get some sleep now or <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, nothing is better at the trade deadline than Dave Pagnota going listing teams as to who's in on who, and then it invariably happens that one of the teams that's not listed in that tweet will eventually acquire yeah. that play. It, it is like a sunrise coming up. It's crazy. I. It makes you harken back to the days of Eklund and his E4s <laughs> oh, and out E5s. Yeah, is he still out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just not. He For some reason, Eklund, Eklund got the raw end of the stick by, by not being <laughs> you know, part of this crew of people that get everything wrong. I mean, it's yeah. just it's, it's really outrageous how when, <laughs> when, when Dubas made that flurry of moves, everyone was like, well, he's going to obviously trade for a forward. He's not going into the playoffs with nine mm-hmm. defensemen. Uh, and then he does, and now everyone was like, "Well, this is why he didn't do it." Like you all, we were all wrong. Everyone was wrong. Right. The only person who I ever hear is like, you know, that was my bad. I, I, I screwed the pooch, and that was it's been Elliot Friedman when he was mm. he even did it this this deadline with JVR. He's just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's my bad. I shouldn't have reported it. Um, whereas the other guys are like, this is this is close to happening. You can basically you know mm. drive Timo Meyer's equipment to Carolina. Uh, <laughs> It's just like you can at some point you got to hold your hand up and just say, oh, I nothing is imminent, but I've been told that it's done. Sources have said it's a done deal, but nothing is imminent. And then it's like, no, he got traded someplace, you know, across the country from where I said he was going to. So, uh, a couple other things real quick before we get to the Coyotes. Uh, Two guys were extended. Dylan Larkin, eight years, 8.7. David Pasternak uh, also extended in, in Boston for, I don't know, some ungodly sum, 11 million. My favorite thing about these is when, People are like, especially with the Bruins getting past and signing past night, you invariably get the guy in the replies and Twitter going, with what cap space can they re-sign this guy? Dude, time time is linear, right? You understand that. Like, there's another season after this one. And the Bruins' salary cap will have changed at that point, and they will figure out a way to fit this guy. He's not. They didn't just dump a, a back the back a, a dump truck with $11 million in David Pasternak's front door and just say, here you go, buddy. God, what are we doing? I, I just I don't understand. With what cap space? That's their job to figure it out. It's not your problem. They'll figure it out. And again, there's another season after this one, and then after that one, so on and so forth. Um, and then uh, two guys got traded twice. Uh, Vlad Nemetsnikov went to San Jose for the Lightning, and then San Jose traded him someplace else. Uh, I forget where else. Uh, I think Winnipeg. Yeah. Winnipeg. He went from oh, yeah, Tampa Bay to Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> With the stopover in San Jose in the middle. So wor- <sighs> worst flight ever, I guess. And then uh, Jonathan Quick. The uh, L.A. Kings backstop for two Stanley Cups got traded unceremoniously during a team flight back home to L.A. Apparently got traded to Columbus, was not happy about it uh, and eventually got sent to Vegas, which I guess is probably closer uh, in you know where he would want to play. But didn't want to leave L.A. He's not having a great season. I don't even know if he's going to help the, the Golden Knights at all, but uh it is funny that uh, I thought for sure he was going to end up a Ranger. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to be in Columbus. Here comes the inevitable future considerations for backup mm-hmm. goalie Jonathan Quick uh, to the Rangers, who's from Connecticut. He grew up a Rangers fan, uh, but that didn't happen. So now, now he'll probably sign there as a, as a UFA in the offseason, but uh, for now he is a Vegas Golden Knight. So kind of hoping Vegas and uh, the Kings hook up in the playoffs because that'll be incendiary, <laughs> to say the least. Um, let's finish with our favorite team, our second favorite team, the Arizona Coyotes. 
the NHL's resident pyramid scheme. They're not so much <laughs> a hockey team as they are just a front for money laundering, uh, moving you know salary here and there to stay afloat for whatever reason. I feel very bad for the very you know hardcore Coyotes fans because they are out there. But these this is this has been an objectively hilarious deadline for the Coyotes who got a bunch of picks for guys like Bukestad, like Goss Bear. Um, somebody else. Oh yeah. Brett Ritchie got traded for Nick Ritchie. That's a fun one. Uh, the flames and, and, uh, coyotes made a trade, but obviously the biggest thing was, as you just mentioned, the Jacob chicken trade. We heard about this guy getting traded for two years for whatever reason they were paying him too much. They didn't want to pay him anymore. He was this, that, the other thing. Finally, 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 he has been traded to the, to the Ottawa senators. By the way, shout out Sean Gentilly and the Athletic for being like, oh, it was always going to be the Senators. Bullshit, it was always going to be the Senators. This this guy has been linked to every team in the NHL with the Senators maybe 20th on the list. We were They were talking about the Penguins and Flyers trying to get this guy earlier in the week. Not Penguins and Flyers, Penguins and Capitals early in the week. It was not always going to be the Senators. It's the Senators now because that's where he got traded. But the haul for him was... Pretty lousy. It was just a couple of picks. Um, uh, let me let me pull it up here. Uh, it was not what we had expected it to be in the two year run up uh, to this actual trade. And hey, good on the Senators for getting Jacob Chikrin. He's already made a difference. And uh, you know, if they make the playoffs this year, that's going to be an enormous thing. But all they had to give up was a conditional first round pick this year, a conditional second round pick next year that actually belonged to the Caps, and a twenty twenty six second round pick. So first and two seconds for this guy who we've heard about nonstop is, you know, the, the the difference maker and the guy you build a team around. That's all it took. And then, of course, Elliot Friedman comes out later and it's like, well, that's because the senators could take on his entire salary. It's like, OK, that's great. But like, why didn't we hear about that at any point in the last 18 months that the team that's going to trade for Jacob Chikrin needs to be able to take on his whole salary because the uh, the Coyotes can't retain any. Um, this is like. You know, in the in the to paraphrase Seinfeld, a big budget movie with a story that goes nowhere. Like it just, you know, all this sound and fury for what amounts to a pretty mediocre deal. And again, good on the Senators for getting them. But if I was a Coyotes fan, this this might have been my last straw. Like this is this is what we waited for this whole time was one one conditional first round pick and a couple of seconds. Come on, give me a break. So. Uh, you know, I'm glad it's done, but at the same time, it'll never not be hilarious, and we're probably going to be hearing about it for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I just was so mad when it came through. Not that the Islanders didn't get him, or the Senators got him, and they're competing with the Islanders. For just, just mad because for 20 months, right? And there, there was no way, unless the Islanders traded for him, there was no way I wasn't going to not be mad because yeah, we heard about this guy for 20 months, and <laughs> when when you think about the type of player like that other sports, Aaron Rodgers, for example, I believe is, is like, where is he going to sign next season in the NFL? Is he going to retire? I think he's Aaron Rodgers. So it makes sense that it's incessant and, and annoying right. that this guy's talked about forever. Uh, in the NBA, I guess it would be LeBron James or Kevin Durant or whatever. Like he's on the move. Like we just don't know where yet. And be like, Oh, well it's Kevin Durant. So I guess I can give uh, whoever right. the, the, Pierre LeBron of the NF, uh, NBA is I can give him cut him some slack for it's Woj. Sitting, yeah, Woj, <laughs> Woj for sitting outside of uh, Kevin Durant's mansion and p- picking through his garbage to see if he threw out his Brooklyn <laughs> Nets stuff yet or whatever. Hmm. Uh, but this is Jacob Chikrin. Like, right. 
<laughs> if you if you asked a casual hockey fan who Jacob Chikrin is, mm. they would they would probably know. If you asked a, like a sports fan who just watches the NHL playoffs who Jacob Chikrin is, who maybe can name you know most mm. you know the best players in the league, maybe the, the top fifteen or twenty or whatever. Be like, yeah, do you know who Jacob Chikrin is? They would say absolutely not. And don't ask either of the hosts of ESPN's first take who Jacob Chikrin is because yes. they don't think hockey counts. They don't even think yeah. the Rangers count. <laughs> <laughs> like to get to Jacob Chikrin, you probably have to pass through what a hundred and thirty other players before you're like, well, he's the hundred and thirty seventh biggest star in the NHL, probably. And that, even that is probably a little good. He's a good player, but he's he's probably like somewhere between 150 and 200 in terms of name recognition in this league. And we heard about him for 20 months. Like he was like, it was like Evgeny Malkin when he left Russia and we're like, well, Hmm. Evgeny Malkin is, is somewhere in Canada. We don't know where because he had to escape. Hmm. Um, And he's going to be a star in this league. This is Jacob Chikrin. This is not Evgeny Malkin. This isn't Hmm. uh, Connor Bedard. It's just, yeah, I I'm just so mad at everybody involved because once <laughs> I think part of it is like once thirty two thoughts like run with a story like this and make a big deal out of it, mm. everyone else has to then do right. follow suit. Yeah, you know Frank Sar- we have to hear Frank Saravalli give his take on Chikrin <laughs> and Chris Johnston and and everyone right. like we already heard about yeah. twenty five minutes about yeah. Jacob Chikrin from one hockey insider podcast. Yeah. We don't need it from all you guys too. And nobody ever um, adds anything new. Like again, nobody you know, adds anything new. This this whole idea that oh yeah that Mike Sullivan wants the Penguins to trade for Jacob Chikrin or you know now the Caps have him on their radar. Come on, give me a break. The Blues, that's, you know, you know the yeah, Blues oh, yeah. are they're acquiring all these assets. They could be in right. on Timo Meyer or Jacob Chikrin or both. Right? No, they're not. So annoying. <laughs> but it's over now. So now we just have to hear about. Uh, the next trade deadline, and or it, well, we got the summer, of course. That's a deal for the summer. That's right. We now turn our attention towards the summer and the guys who will move in the summer. Yeah. Can we just like talk about the hockey season that's happening for a little bit, maybe? But uh, my favorite thing about the Chikrin thing, also semi-related to the Islanders, is that uh, nobody uh, got into a whole thing about maybe the Senators could uh, flip uh, Chikrin for picks if he doesn't want to stay. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, if they're going to, re- they really should rebuild. So maybe they should just flip him to uh, I don't know the Blues or the Leafs or whoever uh, to get more uh, to accrue more picks. But I'm glad it's finally over. Apparently his, he played his first game in Ottawa. His grandfather, I guess, is a Senators fan, so it's all nice. And now they have a shiny new tour. And hey, the Senators are going to be good and and great, great on them. But man, it's I, I've you know we we're sympathetic to the the Coyotes. We've obviously had our own our own problems with arenas and attendance and and being terrible and all that kind of stuff. But boy, it's this week made it really, really hard to sympathize and not be like enough with these guys already. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like what is left? Who is left to play for this team? I don't understand. Um, and if they don't get Bedard, Connor Bedard in this draft, I mean, they're, they're not even bad enough to win the lottery right now. So like it's, uh, you know, we could be in for more of this stuff next year and we try and figure out, Oh, Nick Schmaltz also was another guy who wasn't traded. I thought he might be an Islander, but, Maybe this summer. We'll see what happens. Anyway, okay, that's the trade deadline. Uh, it was a lot. We didn't cover everything because it was too much. Uh, but uh, if you missed, if you think you missed anything Friday, you did not. Uh, you probably <laughs> saw it all coming uh, the week ahead of time. So there you go. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we're actually going to record our first mailbag episode for our Patreon uh, right after this. Thank you so much to everybody that signed up for the first week. Within 48 hours of yes. the Patreon page going live, we already had 100 
patrons, which was insane. We did uh, the first 25 people got pucks. I've already sent uh, our friend Kevin Schultz at Vintage Ice Hockey the information there. I did not expect to get to the 25 and they sold out in the first hour. So uh, it's been overwhelming and we cannot thank you guys enough. We promise to make your five bucks a month or your two bucks a month worth it. Uh, if you haven't signed up already yet, please go to patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Sign up. You're going to get all kinds of great stuff. I can't wait to read Mike's next newsletter. You can read a sample from last week down there. Uh, that's free for everybody. And uh, yeah, the first exclusive mailbag episode is going to go up on Tuesday. So take a look for that. And uh, we got some great questions. And thanks to everybody to, for sending questions. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, what else? Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We put out a special episode of Weird Islanders on Friday to celebrate Derek Broussard's thousandth game. We talked about it when we recorded the show with uh, uh, Rat Martin, a.k.a. Ryan, from uh, uh, Skates of the Stakes podcast. I did not realize when we talked about him coming up on his thousandth game that it would be like a week or so later. So I was like, oh, shit, let's <laughs> let's put out the episode. So we put it out. It came out great. And uh, that's kind of a special, you know, timing for the thing. We'll put out another one this Friday in its normal spot and then resume the biweekly uh, episode schedule after that. So check it out uh, and check out Skates of the Stakes, too. It's a great, great podcast. Ryan, AJ and uh, Jake do a great job. So check all that out. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Ollie's Angels Animal Rescue Winter Gala hosted by our friend Jillian Pensavale uh, is going to be at the Piermont in Babylon. It is not a black tie affair, as Michael Smith, uh, Jillian's husband, has pointed out to us. Uh, it is a uh, uh, cocktail affair. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can, you don't have to wear a black tie, I suppose, but you should check it out. It's, uh, Ollie's angels, animal rescue.org. Uh, and all the proceeds from the gala go right to the rescue. So, uh, if you want to help out and help these animals out, please sign up for it. And that is going to be on March 23rd. So you got a couple of weeks, uh, to, uh, get in on that and uh, check it out again. Ollie's angels, animal rescue.org. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on, uh, either the week that was or the week coming up? No, I just I, I don't know if we spent enough time talking about how good looking Pierre Engvall is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is uh, maybe we, you, well, hopefully we have enough time to to to, to give up. But you know, it's funny actually. Um, real quick, the I think the Islanders are an exceedingly handsome team and have been for mm. for some time. Uh, like this is a team that had Val Philpola on it at the same time as Matt Barzell and Matt Martin and Casey Sikis and mm. um. I didn't realize that when he was a player, like how, how good looking Thomas Hickey is. Like, yes. And I don't know if I'm alone, but I was talking with Jillian and Mike Smith and I'm like, was he good looking as a player? Like, I just never really, you never really like did like one of those uh, double takes with him. Well, you usually uh, saw him in between periods. He's all sweaty and out of breath and you know, nobody really. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And, and like, yeah. but yeah, I mean the guy, on the on TV is yeah uh yeah he's he's something else so no offense uh, to when, Brendan and Butch but by far the best dressed member of the yeah uh, the crew yeah. as well <laughs> so yeah it's just when when you when you have a guy who's that good looking as, as your uh you know you're between the glass guy uh yeah. it it really tells you just how good looking the the team is but uh yeah. Engvall man like I I said it on Twitter like there's probably one player in the league who could raise the Islanders handsomeness level. Yeah. Uh, and they got him like I, I don't really know if anyone else could have but he he looks like he stepped out of high school musical like he's that he's that kind of yeah. you know wholesome teen nick whatever uh teen show handsome so there you go uh yeah yes a great addition and uh hopefully he looks as good on the ice as he does uh 
in real life. And uh, and he also he already had short hair and just a little bit of stubble. So we didn't get the whole like, oh, they're going to make this guy cut his hair, you know, kind of thing. So uh, that also helped out as well. <laughs> uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Bigly Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Listen to his podcast at Action Network and uh, support him everywhere. And uh, we will be back next week and uh, we'll see where this uh, enormous uh, schedule uh, leaves the Islanders uh, then. And uh, we'll be either be very, very happy or very, very sad. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>